Welcome to Hachzeik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. We move along, Bezer Hashem. We are in Perek Dalid Mishnah Yudches. Reb Shimon Ben Reb Shimon tells us something very important. Even though there are times where it's the right thing to do to speak to one's friend, speak to a person. Sometimes it's even a mitzvah to talk to a person. For example, to try to calm him down when he's angry and help him see a different perspective. Or the mitzvah of nichum avelam, to comfort those who are in mourning. Or to try to help a person who has made a neder, taken a vow upon himself that there's a way out of his neder. Or to rebuke a person, to give techach to a person when it's necessary. But Rabbi Shimon Laza says, even though these are four instances where it's the right time to talk, there are times where it's not the right time to express one's thoughts and statements to another person, and on the contrary, it could be counterproductive if done in the wrong time. Number one, don't try to appease your friend at the time when he is angry. It doesn't matter if you're the person who he's angry at or he's angry at somebody else. Don't try to appease him in his flare-up of anger. Why? says Because doing it at the wrong time when he is in a, in a rage of anger or he's tremendously frustrated and angry, he's prone He's prone to say things which are not proper, which could be, let's say, clawless curses against the person who's trying to help him out, a person against the person who made him angry, maybe chas v'shalom against Hashem. Ki yosef kas al kaseh. When a person is in a state of anger and he has not yet calmed down in from the initial anger, at that point it's wrong to try to appease him. It will only bring a an effect which will be negative. Number two, don't try to comfort a person right at the moment when he has heard the news about a departed loved one, or at the time we'll call it when he's in Aninus, in the state before mourning period, before the burial. Says Rabbeinu the same idea, at the time of tremendous sadness, trying to comfort a person at that moment will only bring anger from the person. And again, he may say things which are improper, he may say things against the person who tried to comfort him, he may say things against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because you have to let the shock, you have to let the initial sadness and shock absorb first, before you can offer words of Nechama. Number three, don't ask him about his nether when he just made the nether. In other words, the is when a person makes a nether, for example, he says, okay, I'm not going to eat meat for the next six months. When he will realize afterwards, in a few days from now, he will realize, you know, I have simcha coming up and I really want to eat meat or a different occasion he has to eat meat. So, he's going to have remorse that he made the net in the first place. Well, truth be told, the halach is that one can, the Chacham could find a Pesach, an opening for him, and tell the person, had you known at the time of the nether that you would have regretted it then, because you have opportunities you wanted, would you have made the nether? And if he says no, the Chacham could annul the nether. 
However, if a person tries to ask him this question at the time when the person makes the nether, which is usually out of a moment of anger and frustration, it will only count, be counterproductive. If a person says at the time he's making a nether, his friend says to him, did you also have in mind that if you're going to have the simcha coming up in a couple of months, you also want to make this nether? Because if he's doing it at the moment of anger or frustration, he's going to say, yes, even with that, even with that, I had in mind. Because if he openly says that I made the nether even at such an instance, then there's no way to find a happen- an, 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 an opening for him, a Pesach, you're only causing him more harm than help. And therefore, here another a third idea, a third scenario where Rabbi Shimon Allah is telling a person, don't speak when it's not the right time. And number four, this is not only saying something to him, but not even seeing it, not, not even making, making sure that you are not seen being, seeing somebody doing something wrong. When is this? Somebody damaged something. For example, somebody uh, had an accident with his car and banged into somebody else's car. Don't run over to there. Don't stare at him. Don't look. And he thought nobody was looking. Don't let him see that you're looking. And don't look his way in the first place. Because afterwards, when he, when he realizes he did Saveria, he'll be embarrassed himself. But if you if he sees someone else is looking, by looking at him and knowing that someone saw him do this Havera, someone saw him do this damage, then he's going to be mortified. And that is going to be wrong. And here again, it could be counterproductive in terms of not doing tshuva. The right thing would do, obviously, if you see somebody hit another Yid's car, for example, and then he just run, uh, drives away, so, a few days later, you can send them a note. You can tell them, by the way, I saw this happen. Uh, there is a halacha about paying for damages, etc. Or even giving techacha at the right time when you see a person doing an avera. But to see him at the moment when he's doing it will only bring a person to tremendous shame. And here again, there's times when to be said and when to see things and other times not. We move along now. Mishnah Yutes. Shmuel HaKotan Oimer. Shmuel HaKotan, one reason Chazal tells us he's called Shmuel HaKotan, because he was so great that he just was fell shy of the great Shmuel Anovi. So compared to Shmuel Anovi, he was Kotan. But obviously, and Amoira many generations after Shmuel Anovi, being even called, compared in some way, some semblance to Shmuel Anovi, is a great praise. Shmuel HaKotan Oimer says like this, Benefal Ayivcha Al Tismach, with the downfall of your enemy, do not rejoice. When he stumbles, don't let your heart rejoice. The next passage, maybe Hashem will see, and it will be negative in his eyes, Hashem's eyes. And he will turn away his anger from him. The obvious question that all the Rishayim ask here is, what is Shmuel HaKotan telling us? What kind of Chiddush is this? These are just two Psukim here, that Shleim HaMelech expresses in Sefer Mishlei. What is Shmuel HaNavi, Shmuel HaKotan telling us? Says Rabbeinu Yehna, Umma bo l'ashmienu Shmuel HaKotan bezavalei pasik shalemu. Ushleim HaAmra. Shleim HaMelech already said this pasik. Doesn't seem to be adding anything more than the pasik itself. 
The Chiddush here is that Shmuel Hakotan used to always say this Pasuk. Because it's something that's very necessary to keep in mind. And the only way that you can be cognizant and keep in mind this idea is not at the time, well, when the enemy stumbles or has a downfall, at that time you say, oh, what am I supposed to react? A person has to be ready for it and constantly save these psukim to be ready to react in the right way and not rejoice with the downfall of one's enemy. And even if this enemy of this person is a wicked person, and he deserves to be punished. The person should not be happy with his enemy's downfall, except for the fact that this is good for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that a Russia has had a downfall. A Russia is not making a Chil Hashem anymore. Ritzayin Olam, we meet to say, even the Tzadik, who is the who sees the enemy have a downfall. Even though this enemy was a Russia and deserves to be punished, the tzaddik should not rejoice when there's a downfall of the enemy. Unless he's rejoicing because this indeed brings a Kiddush Hashem, this indeed stops the Chilol Hashem, but it can't be that the tzaddik rejoices because, oh, finally, this enemy of mine has gotten what he deserves. That's the wrong approach. That's the wrong thought. Becholshkein, that's even, we're talking about even there was a person who was a tzaddik himself and there was a Russia who was chaperoning him and he has a downfall. Still, the tzaddik should not rejoice because of the downfall of the enemy, only because it brings cover to Hashem's name. A person has to really know why he's being happy, why he's gloating over the fact that the enemy had a downfall. Is it because of his own vendetta, or is it because it brings covet shamayim? A person has to be honest. But says someone who himself is not a real tzaddik. He himself has shortcomings. He himself has ways that he's wicked. And if he rejoices when he sees another person, a like-minded person, another Russia had a downfall, even though he was at odds with that person, he had so we are chutzpah for him to rejoice over there, because he's in the same, he, is, is in, he himself is a Russia as well, he has no right to rejoice, and in this case he can't even he can be considered as covered shamayim, because if it was covered shamayim, that the enemy had a downfall, then he has to wish it upon himself as well, or he has to stop his wicked ways. The fact that he too is a Russia like this other person is a proof that he wouldn't rejoice for the covered shamayim, and therefore he has no right to rejoice. They are coals and emar, both in the case of a tzaddik, or in the case of a Russia who's like this other Russia who's getting a downfall. There, Shleim HaMelech says, Shmuel would constantly say this. He would constantly remind himself, he would constantly teach his Talmudim this, to be ready and know how to react. Says Rabbi Yeno, one last point. The Yesh Gerson, some have a Gerson, which exactly Rashi also has this Gerson in the Mishnah. That's the Pasik. But the Drosh here that Shmuel HaKotan says is, Not that Hashem will take away his charoinav, Hashem will take away his anger from him, from the 
Rosha who had a downfall. That by the person rejoicing, Hashem will then forgive this Rosha, this enemy, for what he has done. Shmuel tells us an unbelievable Kiddush here. Hashem sees that this enemy of the person had a downfall, and the person now is rejoicing by the downfall of his enemy. Because of that, he'll forgive the enemy, and he will put him back on his feet. In other words, that the punishments that he's having, the downfall, the stumbling that he's having, will cease, will stop. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is exacting in his punishments. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is punishing this Russia, this Oyev, this enemy, it will be the exact amount, the appropriate amount that he has to be punished. But the fact that others rejoice over it is not factored into that. So if others now rejoice because of this downfall of the stumbling of this rush of this enemy, Hashem says, one second, I was getting more than he deserves. So Hashem will stop the suffering, stop the downfall of the rush. of He'll put him back on his feet. And because of that, that may stop the covet Shemaim. And therefore, the one who is rejoicing will be punished because he has now stopped the punishment the stumbling of this Russia, which obviously Hashem wanted and intended to do. Very deep ideas here in this Mishnah, but a very important point. You have been listening to a Shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily Shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.